All right, so hello, everybody, and welcome to the All-American Sports Podcast. Today, we are joined by Big League Fantasy um, on the podcast today. So welcome to him. And um, he is an account with over 3,000 followers. We are a new account. Um, he's got plenty of experience with fantasy football. So check them out on Instagram, at Big League Fantasy. And um, yeah, let's get right into it. So this, we'll start off with this week. Yeah. Um, so we'll start off with this week, week 12 in the NFL. Um, what are your few under the radar starts? I know we kind of covered this on Instagram, but what are a few guys that you are definitely starting today? Um, so guys that I like that I feel many people aren't talking about, one of them is Kyle Rudolph. He's someone that was a big, big fantasy, uh, relevant guy a few years back, kind of taking a back seat. More so the backup tight end over in Minnesota behind Irv Smith. But this week, Irv Smith and Adam Thielen are both injured and not playing. Well, actually, Rudolph, ha- I mean, uh, Thielen has a COVID-related issue. So <clears throat> he isn't playing. And Rudolph gets volume whenever Thielen specifically doesn't play. He gets at least seven targets a game every single time Thielen's been out over the last two years. And with how weak the tight end position's been, Rudolph would be great like seven targets to a tight end is great considering literally like kelsey and wall are the only reliable tight ends week in week out all right yeah that's a great pick um yeah that's a great pick with kyle rudolph there um you know one guy that i'm definitely starting this week is Devonte parker i have him in a few leagues he's going against the new york jets um and mm-hmm. i know that tua um is out but I don't know. I, I feel good about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he actually targeted him about the same as Tua. So, um, you know, I, I feel confident about him this week. Playing against the Jets, uh, Keenan Allen had an absolutely crazy game against them last week. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, yeah. I love that Parker pick, especially because, as you said, with Fitz. And one of the biggest takeaways from Parker coming into the year was that Fitz was going to give the ball a lot to Preston Williams. But now with Preston Williams just not playing, uh, I see Parker getting an absurd amount of volume this game especially. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I actually drafted uh, um, uh, Preston Williams, who got injured. He's on the injury reserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week we saw Devontae Parker. Didn't have an awesome game, but six catches, 61 yards. Can't complain about that. But, um, Definitely not. Yeah, definitely. So what is one player that might be a little bit high on the the ESPN rankings who you are sitting this week? Um, probably A.J. Brown. Uh, definitely a guy that, of course, talent-wise is insane. Like, I think all those second-year receivers, he's right up there with D.K. and Terry. Those three are insane. But... A.J. Brown's matchup this week is just brutal. The Colts have been top three against fantasy receivers this year. And last, uh, what was it, two or three weeks ago when he played against Indianapolis, yeah. they kind of shut him down. He only had, I think, one reception, ended up with two PPR fantasy points. Just, I can't see him having too great of a game. ESPN still has him ranked fairly high, which makes sense. But I think it's going to be a ground and pound kind of game for Tennessee. They're going to, they know Derrick Henry's the key to their win. I think they're going to try to slow the pace and get the win through Henry. Yeah, I think you made a great point about Derrick Henry. I think he is probably the number one player to pick up for your fantasy football playoffs. And I totally agree with you on A.J. Brown um, against the Colts. Yeah, you're right. He had one reception last time he played them. And that was a great pick. I saw it on the Instagram. 
and I kind of put it on my list, kind of copied it, I'll admit. But, um, yeah, great pick. That's what you got to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. One player that I am sitting this week, I think. Um, let me think. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Gus Edwards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think a lot of people are high on him with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both out. I, I, don't, I see the Ravens getting absolutely blown out in this game. They have no Mark Andrews today. They have no Lamar Jackson. Or actually, this game, even if it is played, it's going to be on Tuesday. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it's crazy. They have Robert Griffin starting, and I, I just don't see them being effective in any way um, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who remain undefeated. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel Gus Edwards is like the sexy pick. Everyone wants to get to him because, as you said, no Dobbins, no Ingram. He's going to be the lead back there. Like, come on. Like, we want that. But then forgetting that the Steelers are the second-best rush defense also out of, in fantasy. Like, they shut down the run super effectively. And the Ravens are going to go down quick, as you said. The Steelers are going to start to I, – I don't see this game being close either. I think the Steelers start out really strong, and the Ravens are going to be forced to throw the ball. So the Ravens are going to be for, throwing the ball. Edwards is not the pass-catching back on that offense. Jobbins was a better pass-catcher. Edwards is more of like a ground and pound kind of guy. It won't fit the game script. I completely agree with you with what you're saying on Gus. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to more of the big picture stuff in the trade deadline. Now, first, I got to ask you, does mm-hmm. your league have a trade deadline? Uh, yes, it actually was just yesterday for my like main big money league. Okay, all right. Yeah, so my league, actually, we're in ESPN, so we did have the trade deadline. I think it was last Wednesday, something like that. So. Uh-huh. I'm the league manager, so I got rid of that. Nobody wanted a trade deadline. We wanted to keep trades, and then the playoffs, we stopped. So I know in many leagues... Real quick. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to say, I think that's great. I think commissioners should just... For, like, a league, even if, like, um, a trade deadline kind of thing, where it's, like, pretty standard throughout a lot of leagues, if your league doesn't want something, the commissioner should just take what the league wants and make it a reality. I think that's really important to just keep the fun in for fantasy. I know, especially I think trade vetoes have been a kind of a discussion topic this year. I think a lot of managers I've seen definitely in my leagues have vetoed trades that they seem unfair, um, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But anyways, uh, the trade deadline. Yeah. I think you made a great point about that. I did it for my league uh, for the sake of having fun. And what is one player though that you would trade for and give advice to people who don't have trade deadlines um, this year? Um, either of the Rams receivers. Now, it might be a little tough after the big game they both had against Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. But their playoff schedule is nuts. They go from New England to the Jets and then the Seahawks. All three of those games should be are super favorable for Woods and Cup. Uh, Goff, they're finally letting him throw the ball again. Over. He threw, like, what, 60 times? Something crazy against the Dolphins. And then yeah. again against the Buccaneers, he threw an absurd amount. They're letting him throw the ball. Super great schedule for the entire playoffs. I love uh, recommending the, the Rams receivers for the playoffs. Yeah, I like that pick, definitely. Um, yeah, you're right. It might be definitely tough to trade for them after the huge game last week. A lot of people might, you know, sell them high. But uh, definitely great picks. And one player I think to trade for, if you can, or maybe even pick him up off the waiver wire, because I don't know how he's available in so many leagues, but is another wide receiver, Michael Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts. I picked him up a few weeks ago. I think especially this week, I think he's a huge day versus Tennessee. 
You're going to see Michael Pittman here a lot on the podcast for at least my opinion because I'm super high on him. I drafted T.Y. Hilton, and, uh, you know, nothing has panned out for me this year um, in terms of him. I did the same thing. Yep. It was rough. And, I mean, Michael Pittman, I think, has stepped up to the role. I think he needs to take that next step, really get more involved with Philip Rivers. But um, Philip Rivers is probably going to play today, I've heard. Um, and then they're playing Tennessee, who is surprisingly, you know, sneaky. The 28th, uh, pa- they're the fourth worst pass defense um, in the NFL right now in terms of fantasy. So I think Michael Pittman has a huge week. I think he is a guy you're targeting in the playoffs. I, I think that's a great idea. Pittman, like, as you said, even on some leagues, he's on the waivers. And he is, in my opinion, I just from watching the game, he is, like, by, by far surpassed T.Y. as the bona fide wide receiver one on that team. He's another one of that rookie class who just looks incredible. He passes the eye test immaculately. And Rivers likes him. And he makes big plays. Last week, he caught that. Like what was like a twenty yard slant and just brought it forty yeah, yards to the house. I saw that. Like he looks great. I love that play. I, I love that pick for you. Yep. Um. So, anyways, we uh, move on to the actual the waiver wire. I'm not gonna repeat Pittman again. But what is one <laughs> sneaky player who might not be you know the best fantasy uh, playoff pick, but a guy who is serviceable, a guy who you can pick up off the waiver right now, and maybe start later on in the season, maybe in the playoffs. Um, someone I like that I believe should be in, that is on a pretty much a good amount of people's waivers is James White, the Patriots running back. He, um, he was droppable halfway through the season. People realized that Rex Burkhead kind of took his role as the pass catching back. And then Rex Burkhead got hurt and he's not playing. And last week, James White was back on that, back on that role. Cam was throwing the check downs. He looked great. Cam looks a lot better. I think that connection's back, and James White, especially in PPR leagues, should be a very serviceable play every week for his high floor. Yeah, I definitely like that pick. As a Patriots fan, I can speak to James White. He's been, you know, the lead back. And I think Damian Harris has been there in terms of the rushing game, but James White definitely no Rex Burkhead as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he's definitely going to be a huge pickup in the passing uh, game for the Patriots. Yeah, I like that pick. Um I mean, I'd say, I think there's a lot of people you could honestly drop right now. In terms of picking up off the waiver wires, I'd probably go with any running back who is starting today. Um, I know a lot of running backs are out. Um, We have both of the running backs in the Tuesday night game, James Conner and Gus Edwards. Uh, Benny Snell season? Yeah, so Benny Snell I picked (laughs) up. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Gus Edwards got the start. Benny Snell will get the start if that game is played. Um, I'd pick them up, plan on them playing. And then I know uh, Brian Hill is starting in place of Todd Gurley True. today. Um, and then missing one, I think. I don't know. I'll think of it later. But if you guys see any running back that is high in the waiver wire in place of someone who is injured. Oh, Jonathan Taylor is the one I'm forgetting. Now I think about mm-hmm. it. With Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins probably getting carries. Um, but I think those running backs are great picks, especially because handcuff running backs are so important in the playoffs. Um, you know, with guys getting hurt. And with COVID, you know, you really don't know how long they're going to be out. So I think it's smart to pick up any of those guys if they're available and plan on them maybe playing for an extra week or two. Um, I, yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of blows my mind that a bunch of the um, running backs that you mentioned, like Brian Hill, are still on waivers in a lot of my leagues, considering how weak the position is. And like you said, 
uh, handcuffing, COVID, all that, super important, especially this year. Handcuffs have always been important, and it's been more so this year. But people, I just don't think people like to have someone on their roster who is a backup. I think they just don't like that thought process. But it is it could pay off immensely in the long run, especially during playoff season when you kind of have your team set. A lot of leagues are done with trades. You need to just make sure your team is locked and loaded and ready for anything that could happen. So I love I, that. That's great. I like that you didn't go with a specific player, but you came with a, kind of went with a concept that I think is really important to touch on for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a great. Um, that's a great. You know, selection there with the backups um, compared to you know some specific players because that kind of says segues into our next topic, which is players we can drop. And I think that one of the key highlights here you'll see is we're not dropping guys who are backups we're dropping guys who have had big roles have been disappointing teams that likely don't have good matchups here in fantasy football playoff schedules what is one player you are dropping from your team this week oh it's a little rough because i feel like this especially when you're this late into the season you have someone you're like i really don't want to get rid of you yeah you've been great for me but again with the running back situation i just don't know how much i can trust guys like like, Zach Moss is someone I was really high on for a while. He seemed like the touchdown guy in Buffalo and someone I just really liked as a player. But as you're saying, these running backs that I'm going to need on my team, like, I'm going to need to grab a Benny Snell kind of guy because I have James Conner. I'm going to need to grab these kind of players. And while I like Moss, I just can't realistically see me myself starting him, especially with throughout the playoffs. So he's someone specifically who I know has potential, but I just – personally have to drop and i think people should think to dropping especially just because of the disparity at running back this year yeah okay that's an interesting pick because i actually picked up zach moss this week in my opinion i i dropped devin singletary and i i think you would probably agree that's, with that yeah. singletary's been mm-hmm. disappointing i think moss like the buffalo running backs uh, as you're like probably going to say moss definitely Overall, it seems to be the better pick yeah. as he's going to get those touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I think the, the thing with Moss is the past two or three weeks, he's had these funky games where, you know, they're playing Seattle, they're in shootouts, where they're not handing the ball off. And I think once they hand the ball off more, and now I haven't really looked at the Bills' playoff schedule too much, so I don't know what that's like. You could be completely right. Um, but I think if he does get a good matchup, a team like the Jets in a divisional matchup, or I know against the Chargers today, I see yeah. Moss getting a little bit more carries. Now, I think you're right. That's the type of player that you would drop. Um, for me, I'm going with a guy like Daryl Henderson, who I was actually very high on. And then Cam Akers came back, and Sean McVay believed in him. We saw last week that he Henderson was actually given a few opportunities and was just completely just out of the picture, uneffective, and eventually you know, got off the field. And Akers and Malcolm Brown really took that role. So he is a player that I think fantasy owners should drop. Uh, would you agree yeah. with that? Um, as like you said, I was also super high on Henderson. I think I still think Henderson's the best running back of the three. I yeah. think talent wise, he's great. But that McVay offense, you just never know what to expect. Like Acres has been getting so much looks. He he had a touchdown last week. Uh, Malcolm Brown the week before that was the main guy. It like Henderson as much as as great as I think he is. He, he could just go in the game and get like seven carries and then you're just, it, it screws you over. Yeah, it's just definitely. not worth the risk at this point, especially this year, late in the year when these wins are must wins. So yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. 
And I mean, you mentioned the McVay offense, but you never know what's going to happen. I just remember week one where Malcolm Brown had the huge week. Everybody picked yeah. him up. And then the next week, Daryl Henderson comes in, steals the show. And then people are like, what happened? And I mean, that's just been the whole year. And now with Cam Akers getting mixed and I just don't really see him being effective, even though I agree with you, he is definitely the best running back in a three right now. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. The, one of the big things, after that week one big block game on Brown, I was so mad because I, I drafted Henderson and I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, you're kidding. Brown's the guy here. So I went to pick up Brown and drop Henderson. Didn't get it on the um, our, our fab. I ended up not getting Brown. I was pissed. And then the next week, I saw Henderson go off, and I'm like, "All right, like actually, yeah. I'm cool with this. This looks good to me." Yeah. And it, it was it was pretty funny. I was pretty upset at first, and then I realized that the Rams are just going to be the most unpredictable backfield in the NFL, like the Patriots. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. That's another reason to uh, you know maybe not get any of those guys in your roster for uh, the playoffs, as I know a lot yeah. of them are available. Um, moving on to again another big picture stuff. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of followers um, of mine and yours are likely in dynasty leagues. And mm. I think they've been a huge topic this year, especially because I feel like we've seen so many rookies, especially the wide receivers. Uh, a few nice running backs like James Robinson has been nice pickups for people. Um, but dynasty players, who are a few that you would get for cheap right now um, You know uh, that could pay off huge in the upcoming years? I'm mashing the button on Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager already looks like he could be the wide receiver one on the Eagles. He got has been getting targets. Wentz loves him, clearly. And he, like talent-wise, he looks incredible also. A lot of these rookie receivers have been doing super well. And Rager kind of took a backseat because of the offense and his injury. But in reality, he's, again, going to be the wide receiver one on the Eagles. He looks great. I think he's someone who for years to come is going to be a great value, especially in dynasties. And I think people should try to trade from ASAP. Yeah. Okay. I think I like the Rager pick. I actually drafted him in a few of my leagues and uh-huh. then he started off, you know, all right, kind of shaky and then got hurt and then everybody else got hurt. And then we just saw a mess of the Eagles offense. But uh-huh. um, yeah. So one player that I'm getting is Justin Jefferson, who I drafted and then I dropped him after a few weeks. I added him. And then I traded him away a few weeks ago. He's just been so up and down. And I know it sounds like I'm critiquing him. But I think with Adam Thielen, especially out this week, this guy is all the talent in the world. He's got opportunity with Thielen getting older. And, you know, they have a running game to rely on as well. So I think, you know, Kirk Cousins is always going to pass the ball a little bit. And, you know, I, I think with Kirk Cousins is the thing that I can't say about, you know, a guy like Jalen Rager, where Wentz, although he hasn't been great, he's a little bit more consistent, I would say, than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has just been so inconsistent this season, and that has affected Jefferson. But I think when Jefferson, as Kirk Cousins and I'm feeling, gets older, I think you start to see new guys involved in this offense. He gets more volume, and I think he's a great wide receiver um, that has a ton of potential. Who you can get for cheap right now, especially with the up-and-down and, you know, the nightmare for fantasy owners. Um, I, but I, I think with more I consistency, he gets better. I think for Dynasty 2, Jefferson's my favorite. Out of any rookie receiver, he's my favorite for Dynasty, personally. Especially because, like, he's been incredible this year. As you said, Thielen is getting older. I feel like Jefferson's going to slowly take that wide receiver one role. And Viking fans literally will die for this man. Viking yeah. fans love JJ. And I do not see a situation where the Vikings as a, corp- like, as a team 
will ever either want to get rid of him or um, they're going to want to build this offense around J.J. and Cook. And with how, like, excellent he's shown to be, like 40 points against Atlanta and 30 against Tennessee, like, those are insane numbers. So, as you said, the main downside hasn't been his play. It's been more so Kirk's. But I feel like it's just because those games will get out of, like, against Green Bay, Jefferson had five points. But that was also because that was the game Cook had, like, 40 points and was just running all over that team. So, once, after um, Jefferson's first year, which he's already been incredible, I think the Vikings be like, yeah, let's just feed this guy. Let's give him the ball. And I love him, especially in Dynasty, for years and years to come, for sure. Yeah, I think he's got all the talent in the world, and especially one reason to actually pick him up, not only in Dynasty Leagues, but for this league. I think you'd be, uh, or for regular leagues at least, he could be a huge factor today with no Adam Thielen out. Um, he's out because of COVID-related re- reasons. Um, so I think Jefferson takes the number one wide receiver role. I believe he's playing Carolina. Yeah, yep. Carolina. And Carolina, I think, is a solid secondary, but I think Justin Jefferson, with his talent, um, being the number one wide receiver, I see he has a huge day. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, it's all dependent on Kirk Cousins, seeing if uh-huh. he can do well. Um, so more big picture stuff, actually. And yeah. I think... What will next year's draft look like? I, th- I think that's going to be a huge key for a lot of fantasy owners who are definitely out of the playoffs right now. What's one player that you feel like fantasy owners need to get on their team? Um, I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be severely underdrafted. I think, in my opinion, he should still be drafted as the number one pick. Um, this might be like, I'm not too sure exactly how the draft boards are going to fill out, but... I think it's similar to this year where he should be lock and loaded number one guy off everyone's draft boards. And I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him because of his injury this year. But we've seen like similar things like Dalvin Cook's got injured. Camaro's had his fair share of injuries. Like it's not like McCaffrey's injury prone. It's more that the Panthers just don't want to push him in. Like the Panthers aren't making the playoffs. So they're not going to want to make their franchise player play and possibly hurt himself even worse. They're definitely just taking it easy with him. The two ga- the game. He, like, missed, like, eight weeks, came back, and dropped 35 PPR points. Like, you could tell the injury did not affect him like that. I think McCaffrey should be the guy, number one on everyone's draft boards next year. I, yeah, I totally agree with McCaffrey. And for me as a fantasy owner, he's been kind of somewhat frustrating with the injury yeah, and stuff absolutely. like that. But he's going to be a huge weapon, I think, for a lot of fantasy owners in the playoffs. I think he probably, in my opinion, could have played this week from what I've heard. But with a bye coming up next week, I think it's the smart decision to not play him and start Mike Davis, who's actually been pretty good this season for fantasy owners. Um, but, yeah, I like, I like that McCaffrey pick a lot. Um, one or two – well, I'll go with one player to start off who I got um, in this year's draft in all my leagues. I started him this week, luckily, is Will Fuller. Um, I'm so high on Will Fuller. I, I always have been because, you know, I feel like he's got all the talent in the world. Deshaun Watson loves him, which is what you want to hear for receivers. But he's been injured, um, you know, a ton in his career. I was kind of a little bit worried about that this year. But he stayed healthy. He's played almost every game except for one, I believe. Um, And, you know, coming off a huge week versus um, the Detroit Lions on the Thanksgiving game, he's a player that I would definitely recommend fantasy owners get on their team. Um, and Deshaun Watson and them, you know, that offense, it's only going to get uh, older, you know, from their young, young core so far. Uh, would you agree with Will Fuller, though? 
Yeah, so I actually wrote something about him recently. Something that's just like quick in in my uh, Instagram. And I feel like he's going to be someone who isn't going to be like within those like top, like top, top receivers drafted. But if you go like, let's say running back first for for your draft, running back, running back even, and you can get Will Fuller as your wide receiver one, that would be so ideal. I think that is the most ideal wide receiver one if you go RB heavy to start. Because of just his blow potential and his solid floor, I feel like he's going to be undervalued. Yeah. Like this year, I, he was like going in like the fifth round or something crazy this year, and which blew my mind. Um, and I think he's going to get maybe not as undervalued, but he's going to be undervalued. I just know it. He's just not one of the top top receivers. He's not doesn't have the hype like even a guy like Justin Jefferson has right now. And Fuller just. It's going to be great for the... I, I don't even know where he's going to go in drafts. I just know he's going to be great for the value he has. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing that I'm worried about him is he'll have a great playoffs and then people will start to realize how great he is. But <laughs> yep. you mentioned the solid floor. And one thing that I love from guys on my fantasy team is consistency. I'd rather... I, I know this might be a totally unpopular opinion. I'd rather have a guy like Will Fuller than a guy like Mike Evans, who is just inconsistent mm-hmm. all the time. Fuller, for me, has been so, like, dependent, and he's had a few games where, you know, he'll get you, like, 10 points, like, 8 points, 10 points, but, you know, the upside of him and the consistency overall, he's averaging, you know, about 15 points, I want to say, um, on the season. Something I'm like definitely getting him. But another topic that I want to talk about um, related to next year's draft, tight ends, I think, are going to go off the board so quickly. I feel like people have just been discussing that all year. And where would you select a guy like you know, or your tight end um, in next year's draft, you know, with that thought process of fantasy owners? So personally, I'm, I, th- I've been thinking about the tight end position a lot. And the only, literally, the only three tight ends I want to draft are Kelsey Kittle, Kittle and Waller. Yeah. If I'm not getting one of those three, I am going to wait as long as I can. But those three should be drafted in second, third round, I can see Kelsey going in the first next year. I personally won't be doing that. I think there's too much value at running back specifically or a guy like Devontae Adams they can get in the first round. But Kelsey had, like, just with how bare bones the tight end position is, I think that the top, top guys should be drafted super early while the later guys should be drafted super late. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Those are the three tight ends I would draft too, and I like your philosophy. I would just wait um, if I can't get a guy like that. And especially because of the drop-off there, I think that's definitely key. I cannot, I agree with you, I cannot, in good sense, draft Travis Kelsey a tight end in the first round. No matter how yeah. good he is, it's just... It's going it, to happen, though. It does not you make sense. And yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's going to be a few guys who will take Travis Kelsey or a guy like George Kittle in the first round. Um, I've had Waller this year in a few of my leagues. He's been awesome. I know you're a Raiders fan, so you must appreciate that love that man um yeah so he's been consistent as well i mean for me it's tough because it depends on how the draft goes but i feel like people kind of recognize waller's talent as a top three receiver i think he's on the same tier as those guys in terms of draft value Mm -hmm. i might pick him depending on where my first round pick is in the late second round I, i the thing is i think kittle goes early second round for me i think waller goes late but yeah if i can't get one of those guys there off the board then yeah i'm definitely waiting um later um in the draft yeah, like philosophy i know people love hawk and i also love hawk he's been great for a lot of people but still not someone i would pick early at tight end 
he's still inconsistent. That offense, I just don't really like to have any part of, yeah. unless you're Kenny Galladay. Or DeAndre Swift, that's a lie. I love DeAndre Swift. That's someone, maybe actually, if you go back to that dynasty question, DeAndre Swift might be my favorite. I love, yeah. love DeAndre Swift for the Especially because you can get him for cheap right now with his injury. That's actually a great yep, pick. Exactly. I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah, yeah, but back to TJ Hawkinson. That, that's a great philosophy. You know, I kind of forgot about him. I But the thing is, even if you do, you don't get one of those top tight ends, you're waiting multiple rounds for a guy like TJ Hawkinson. Or a guy like even Evan Engram, who has been yeah. my tight end in a few leagues. He's been solid, but, you know, for tight ends, he's just been, you know, middle of the pack. But somewhat consistent, I, I can say. Um, but, okay, moving on to this week, this is one of our final topics. Um, what is one player that you were um, interesting to watch, that you were interested in to watch today, see how teams use him, and maybe start him in a league today? Um, who, okay, so I think for me personally, it's Antonio Brown. I, he's been getting like steadily more and more targets every week. And Brady's been looking at him more and more every week. And now he has a very, very solid playoff schedule. Let me just bring it up real quick so I can remember exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I know but, I definitely traded for Antonio Brown in two leagues. He's been awesome, but yeah, that's definitely an interesting pick. But yeah, his playoff schedule is the Vikings, Falcons, and Lions. Yeah, that's your that's dream great. playoff schedule right there. Exactly. So if I see Brady looking at Brown just as much because just as much as he looks to guys like Godwin, I am plugging Brown into all those matchups this playoffs. So I really want to monitor how he does and how many targets and how many looks he gets today. Yeah, I think that's a great pick because I wouldn't really start him today. I can't say that I'd start him today unless you really uh-huh. need to. Um, because of, it's Antonio Brown, and you have two great wide receivers and Tom Brady, so I don't know if he's going to throw the ball his way a ton. Um, yep. But he did last week against the Rams. That's one of the best pass uh, defenses in the league. So, you know, that's definitely an interesting player to watch. I'd say I think Naeem Hines is definitely an interesting player to watch. And I think the Colts backfield, I've been trying to avoid all season. I traded away Jonathan Taylor um, after Good his call. few really? games. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm... That was really good of you. I should have done it so long ago. I mean, yeah, because the, the thing is, I, but I'm I'm mad because he did so well last week, but then he yeah. gets COVID and it's just a mess in the Colts' backfield. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a chance that Phil Rivers doesn't play, so maybe Jacoby Brissett leans on the running backs a little bit more. But mm-hmm. this is going to be huge for Jonathan Taylor fantasy owners, I think, and just any Colts running back or even Michael Pittman or any Colts fantasy owner, because this game today is really going to determine how they use their backs. Because I think if Hines doesn't have a great game and Wilkins doesn't really show out, I think Jonathan Taylor's the main guy once again there when he comes back. But Hines had a great game last time he played the Titans, and that could mean trade away Jonathan Taylor after the big game last week. And maybe even Jordan Wilkins shows out. Who knows? Maybe they don't run the ball at all. They throw to Michael Pittman, which would be awesome. But Maybe I think that's Trey huge Burton for... gets another rushing touchdown. Oh yeah! Oh my God! He's <laughs> he's one of the under the under the radar tight ends who I think people are so high on. But the the tight the touchdown dependency of him it's just crazy. I'm so glad you said that. I feel like people love Trey Burton. I don't even know why. Maybe because people liked him when he was a bear. But 
I, I will not start him in any league ever. I, I know, can't. and I see people starting him all the time, and I just, I, I don't know what is going on through their head. I love that you said that, yeah. Because when you look at the game log, it's just touchdown, 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 which is <laughs> exactly. great. But you're a tight end, and you're getting rushing touchdowns. Same thing with Jonu Smith, too. That's a guy who I traded away at the perfect time earlier on in the season after mm-hmm. picking him up. He's so touchdown dependent. That's why there's a huge drop-off in those tight ends. Exactly. But, um, yeah, back to Naeem Hines, because I think he affects pretty much every single player that is owned on the Colts by a fantasy owner um, this week. So he's one player I'm definitely interested to watch today. Um, before we go, wow, it's been 30 minutes. Time really flies by. Any final thoughts before we conclude the podcast here? Um, I want to say that this has been a lot of fun that Definitely. everyone should watch the Raiders because they're the best and that you might just want to, ha- you might should have to just start your own fantasy account. Cause you know, your stuff, you know what you're talking about. Yep. You don't even need me. You're great. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. This is my you. first time going on a fantasy podcast actually. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I to admit, I haven't done one of these in so long, but it was definitely a lot of fun with you. Um, great podcast. We got to do this again. And, um, yeah, next weekend, look for maybe another fantasy football podcast, maybe with Big League Fantasy, maybe with another account or two. Um, But stay tuned, everyone. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you later.